0: to the Women's Football Podcast. I'm and David and I'm back after a couple of weeks away from the pod. A big thank you to our producer Luke who stepped in for me whilst I've been away but it's good to be back and we've got a really, really busy show for you today. Lots to talk about, lots to get through including there was a blue moon over Wembley as Manchester City claim FA Cup glory. In the Championship, there are shocks galore as Liverpool and Leicester both slip up and we have a new leader at the top of the table. We'll have a look back at the most recent round of international games and of course we'll have a roundup of all the action from the National League. Well, joining us to discuss everything this week is football journalist, Mitchell Samji. Mitchell, good to see you again. Good to see you too. And football fan and production coordinator, Liv Griffith. Hi, Liv. Hi, Sean Ed, welcome back. Thanks, and I'm really pleased that making her debut on the Women's Football Podcast this, this week, it is Wales' record goalscorer and current Watford ladies striker, Helen Ward. Helen, it's so good to have you on. Thanks for taking the time out to chat with us today.
1: Thank you very much for having me on.
0: Well, guys, we'll get cracking, because like I said, we've got a lot to discuss, a lot to get through, and we'll start off um, with that fantastic FA Cup final on Saturday, between Manchester City and Everton this season. Um, and I have to say, I thought Everton really impressed defensively at Wembley. Sam Mewis a deservedly nodded city in front from Alex Greenwood's corner shortly before half time. But Francis Valerie Govon headed level from Izzy Christensen's second half corner as Everton fought back. Player of the match without a doubt, Everton's 22-year-old stop at Sandy McIver. She made several um, really impressive saves throughout frustrate Manchester City. Um, Gareth Taylor, Man City manager, said it's one of his greatest coaching achievements to date, um, seeing Man City lift the trophy. Um, Helen, I'll I'll come to you first. I think everyone um, agreed it was a fantastic final. You have to give credit to both teams really for really um coming out um, and displaying those kind of performances what we all thoughts on the game
1: the whole game as as i was playing myself yesterday afternoon but I've, I've caught up on some of the highlights and i'm not actually surprised that it went to extra time so i've been really impressed with her who's got them working in a really good unit he's made some brilliant signings i think you know, they they gave City a really good run for their money. But I guess in the end, the, the talent that, that City have got and the, and the depth of squad that they have to bring on, you know, from the bench, it's old in the end. But some really good goals and, and a really good contest from, yeah. from what I've seen.
0: Well, Coming to you next, so Man City um, with the team everyone was expecting to come out on top yesterday. But like Helen just mentioned um, about Everton and beaten um, in their first five games of the new WSL, season. Amazing form. What did you make, you know, of Everton's performance?
2: And do you think this is now the benchmark of what we can from Everton in the future? Um, absolutely. I mean, I think I was odd about the semi-finals and I made that rogue prediction that Arsenal would take out Man City. But ahead of the game yesterday, I, I didn't feel like it was going to be a one-sided game. And it was so refreshing because, the thing is with the the magic of the cup is it's not always going to be first, the best team against the second team. And I think Everton, for most of the game, they, uh, they were really unlucky, actually, not to, I think, five minutes before they ended up ping it onto the bar. You know, like we could be talking about a whole different kind mm. of story if that had gone in. Um, they were really, really impressive. Um, Willie Kirk is doing a fantastic job. And I think this will be the stamping ground now where they say we will challenge for the top three and we will take out some of the big big hitters. So it was a great game. Helen,
0: Sandy McIver, without a doubt, you know, one of the, the star performances from yesterday. What a prospect. She looks at 22 years old as well. What a talent she is already.
1: Yeah, very good. You know, and you look at the outstanding saves and you know, as well as Everton did, I think if they didn't have her in the goal, then it, it could have been a different story and the game could have, you know, ended well before the ninety minutes were up. Um but you know, credit to her, she was she was fantastic and, and really performance on, on such a big stage as well.
0: Mm. I saw a few um comments running around on Twitter after the game saying potentially she should be England number one. Where, where, do you, where do you stand on that?
2: You know, we've actually touched on the goalkeeping this season with the standard. Um, the level is just going up and up and up. I find women, like the women's game, the goalkeepers are really sometimes looked at negatively because obviously they play in such big goals and obviously they're not uh, towering just... at six foot five, six like the men. But it was just amazing. And like we say, they, they're both. So young Ellie and um, Hmm. Sandy, and you know, I would I would throw in Got, who you know, I could definitely see them basically trying to outclass each other. You know, it's really promising for the lionesses. And Phil picked a good game to go and watch yesterday.
0: Yeah,
2: Um,
0: we'll touch on Man City's Sam Mewis, big game player. um, I have to say that girl knows how to win trophies. In the last four years, she's won three NWSL Shields three NWSL championships, one World Cup, and now one FA Cup. What did you, Helen, what did you make of her her performance? She seems to have just slotted right into this Man City side, hasn't she?
1: She has. She's a a class act. And, you know, the the bits I've seen of her, she's stood out literally head and shoulders above (laughs) um, a lot of players on the pitch. She's she's got that physical presence, but she's also, you know, she's not just someone that can head the ball in.
0: Sunday's results continued. City, Arsenal, and Chelsea's combined six season long dominance of the major domestic trophies in the English game. Not since Liverpool lifted the trophy and um, the league title, sorry, in 2014 has any other club um, than the modern day Big Three won the WSL, the Women's FA Cup, or the Continental League Cup. Do you think Everton, Man United as well, possibly need to win a trophy to sort of probably be in? to extend the big three to the big five, if you like, or do you think, Liv, I'll come to you first, do you think they're sort of
2: already there? I mean, any type of silverware is, of course, going to help the cause as to why they should be up there and renowned as being in the top five. About Manchester United, they've only been a team for three seasons now, you know, starting in the championship. So they're still trying to find their level and they've made some great signings as well this summer. And Everton as well. You know, there's so much more emphasis on the women's game now, and I think they're being act like financially better as well. You know, Willie Kirk was able to bring in some great players as well. So I do find that there are a few teams who are thinking. Oh, you know, we've 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 seen the Arsenal's, we've seen the Chelsea's. You know, let us have a go at it. I'm just I'm just a bit skeptical that it's not all of the teams at the moment. I feel like there's still this massive divide from top five to bottom five with maybe a few teams that can get good results in the middle so it'll be interesting to see ask me in three years and I'll let you know hopefully we're still here in
0: in two years time recording Helen it's um it has to be just you know this debate you're gonna have sort of two sides to the story but it's always going to be healthy in any league really to have more than, you know, your three sort of giant teams competing.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think you have to sort of do it gradually in the sense of you've got the big three teams and the stronger they get, you're going to get players then strengthening that, that top tier at the beginning. You know, you're going to have youngsters at, at the likes of Chelsea and City that are going to want to go out and get game time. And so if they go to an Everton or they go to a Man United or a Reading or anyone else in that, in that next level... That's then going to strengthen them and help them compete. So it might their own going to be strengthening the top, and it's going to make that bigger divide. But I'm I'm of the opinion that that it could have the opposite effect. Uh, it takes time, of course, because those players that do filter down might might not hit the ground running that you'd hope. But you know, like we've seen Everton, I think they've really stepped up to it this year with with the signings they've made. And they're bridging that gap. They weren't far away yesterday. And and I think they'll take results of some of the bigger teams during the season. The same with Man United. They've they've drawn with Chelsea already. That's no that's no mean feat. So I think you just have to be patient with it. It's not gonna all you can't strengthen every level all at once. Um so I think we have to just be patient, let the game grow um and then just see how it goes in the future you know it's getting stronger all the time because you're getting those players that are coming down from, from the championship because they want game time game time and they want it to fit in with their lifestyle perhaps a little bit more and and then that makes that league much better to watch so you just have to have to be patient and I think um the whole game is you know as a um as a spectacle will improve as a result of that
0: you've okay. <laughs> got Helen who's uh, joining us this week as well <laughs> Um, oh, we'll move on to the Championship. Now, like we've said, um, it's quite an exciting weekend for the Championship. We've got Mitchell joining us. Mitchell leaders Derren didn't play, so that meant Liverpool, Leicester or Sheffield United could go top. And you watched the game between Lewis and Liverpool. It was a very
3: well-deserved draw for Lewis, as they fought back twice to get something out of this game. This was the first time they have conceded since the opening game of the season when they lost to Durham 3-0. They showed a lot of fight, determination and courage against a side that have been free-scoring recently, 11 goals prior to this game. Ellie Hack's equaliser produced a grand finale towards the end of the game, but in quick succession after the equaliser, Georgia Timms hits the post, followed by some great work from M- Emily Donovan. As for Liverpool, it was a missed opportunity and two points dropped. They play some great football at some in some parts of the game. Uh, must say that we'll give credit to the club for keeping most of their plays following their relegation from the WSL last season.
0: And fresh from her winner um, in Minsk, we'll hear from Liverpool striker Rachel Furness shortly. But first, we can hear from Blues striker Katie Rood.
3: How do you assess Um I think I think we dominated most of the game. I just think we needed to manage it a bit better. You know, we've went ahead and not managed the game and we've went ahead twice and not managed the game well enough and, you know, we've got to look at ourselves and, and be better next week. I think there's always things to improve on every game, um, you know, as, as a team, as individuals, I think a lot of us can build on that from today, try and take the positives out of it and um, just clear up and manage the game better, you know, not to let teams back in. Mm. How impressive have you been with all before? Yeah, very well. We know what we know what Rinzola is about. Um, you know, we know how good she is on that wing. I just think we needed to maybe use that a bit more in the second half to to get a bit more joy. But you know, it's it's a team performance at the end of the day, so we take it as a team when we win, and we will take it when it's not so good, and there's a lot of improvements to be to be made. And there's any positives you can take from today's game? Yeah, like you know, we've we've took a point away from home. We haven't been beaten. Um, Lose haven't conceded many goals this season, so it was you know we scored two away from home, and um, so there's positives. So we did play some good football at times, but um, yeah, we need to regroup and um, come together and be better next week. And last week, how how hard did lose made you play throughout the game because they've been much more regarded as more of a solid defensive team. So how does it feel even scoring two goals today because they've kept most of the games they've kept as clean sheets. Yeah, it is positive. It's it's good that we've been able to to break them down and they have been very strong this season and they haven't conceded a lot of goals so we can't take the positives away from that that we've scored two away goals
0: Well Leicester travelled down to the capital to face a London City side who only won their first game last time out but the form book was turned on its head Melissa Phillips' side came from behind and ran out as 4-1 winners How surprising is that win Liv? I don't think anyone really saw that coming did they?
2: Um, I think it's a massive boost for London City. Um, obviously they've their manager left a few weeks ago, so they've had a change over there, and they haven't managed to pick up many wins um this season, but it's still early days. Leicester will feel like they could have um capitalised on Liverpool's draw and try to make the top three a lot more interesting. So they'll be looking at that and thinking that the scoreline doesn't reflect how they've started the season. Um, so I've said this before with the championship, it's very up and down in terms of week in, week out, the same teams are not beating the ones that they should. So with Sheffield as well in the mix, I think Leicester will be looking at this as an opportunity that they should have been hitting. Well, Sheffield United sit top of the pile
0: after their win over Crystal Palace. Goals from Jake Pennock and Courtney Sweetman-Kirk in the space of five second half minutes set the Blades on their way to an important win. And Katie Wilkinson wrapped things up with just a quarter of an hour remaining. Neil Redford's side now remain unbeaten. It was also a good day for London Bees, who recorded their first win off the campaign against Charlton, Georgia Roberts, with the only goal of that game. And Coventry United's game against Blackburn Rovers was postponed after Coventry confirmed that members of their first team squad have tested positive for COVID-19. The squad has now entered a period of isolation and a new date will be announced in due course.
1: There's three or four teams that will all think that they've got a good chance of, of winning promotion and winning the league. Um, you know, Liverpool obviously coming down from the WSL last season and they retained a good number of players, including Rachel Furness, as you, you know, we've we've mentioned already, and, and she's she's a superstar for them. She scores so many goals, she's so important, but they've also got a lot of other players with WSL experience. So they'll they'll be disappointed in in not winning yesterday. Leicester have gone professional, so they're obviously having a lot more training time. They've also recruited really well. Sheffield United ran Aston Villa close last season or closer than anyone else anyway um, and picked up some really good results. OK, they lost Carla Ward, who went off to Birmingham. But I think in Neil Redfern, they've got a a fantastic manager who who did do really well um, or looked like he was going to do really well at Liverpool before, before he moved on. And then you've got Durham, who are always there or thereabouts. Um, probably unfortunate that they haven't come closer sooner in terms of, of winning a the title. They're in an area of the country that's probably a little bit more difficult in terms of recruitment, but they always seem to look like they're running away with things. You, you can almost be that team. So it's a really competitive league. I don't think you're going to have the same situation, or we're definitely not going to have the same situation as last season with, with Aston Villa kind of running away with it. Um And I think all those
0: teams I've mentioned will take points off each other. Well, with the new government um, lockdown coming into force at some point this week, how do you think, how do you guys see, um, you know, the new lockdown having an impact on the women's game? Especially, I suppose, the Championship and definitely um, the lower leagues. What kind of impact do you think it'll have?
1: Yesterday may have been our last game for long. Um, and we kind of went into it with that mentality of if it's going to be the last game perhaps of 2020 then let's make the most of it Um, and you know reading bits and bobs there's so much different stuff online at the moment you can you can take different angles from it um, but the main line of elite sport can carry on because of testing protocols makes you think well we might been in a little bit of trouble because we're obviously not being tested to a team, if you like, who have mandatory testing in the men's game. So, and they've been told that they can carry on. So it's a bit up in the air in terms of what elite means, um, whether it's strictly professional, then okay, yeah, we're, we're going to be out of that. And they're actually being tested. So we've got training tomorrow night as we would normally have. Um and then it's kind of just waiting and, and playing it by ear. But it, it does worry me that like you said, I I don't know that it's necessarily just going to be a four-week lockdown and we could be getting well into 2021 before before we know what's going on. I'm a bit concerned that it could be a, another case of of what happened last season. But hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully there's there's a bit more positive waiting to wait see, I think.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. Um otherwise the game is able to continue um at least to some extent during the lockdown. Um, moving on, we'll turn our focus on to the National League. Helen, I'll um, come to you quickly and we'll touch on Watford. A brilliant win this weekend. How's the season going? You know, I know obviously you've just touched that could have potentially been your last game for a while, but up until now, how's everything gone?
1: So Yesterday was a, a, a real point in case of trying to just get back on track. Um, we knew that Plymouth had been struggling a little bit. They'd lost a lot of players from last season and You know, which is a real shame because they were strong last year and they were definitely, you know, up till Christmas of last year, were were one of the stronger teams.
0: Well, elsewhere in the National League, we'll start in the Southern Premier Division, with previous leaders Oxford United saw their game at Yeovil postponed after a positive Corona test within the Yeovil playing staff. That allowed Watford to move back to the top of the table with an 8-0 defeat of struggling Plymouth, like we've just heard From Helen, MK Dons are a point behind in second after beating Keensham 2-0. Oxford, well, they're now third, also a point behind, but with that game at Yeovil in hand, Portsmouth had gone through October unbeaten, but came unstuck 1-0 at Crawley Wasps, with former Wales international Emma Plua getting the winner. In the other game, there were six different goal scorers for Chichester and Selsey, as they put seven past Hounslow, who have still yet to score this season. Well, just as in the south, the Northern Premier Division leaders, AFC Fylde, also saw their game postponed, this time due to a waterlogged pitch. Huddersfield Town took full advantage by beating West Brom 3-2 to move three points clear at the top. Fylde are now in second, with Derby in third, following their 3-1 win over Burnley. Sunderland edged out Nottingham Forest, winning by a goal to nil. Kira Ramshaw getting the second half winner, while Middlesbrough won 2-1 against Loughborough, Hell City against Sheffield was also postponed. And as we head into a possible four-week period without football, a quick look at how the fourth-tier National League table stands. Wolves have won six out of six in Division One Midlands with a plus 34 goal difference chester street Town are four points clear at the top of Division 1 North. Ipswich Town have a 100% record after four games in Division 1 South East, while Southampton FC Women and Chesham United are joint leaders in Division 1 South West. Well, we'll turn our focus on to the international fixtures um, that have happened over the past week or so. Now, Wales is narrow defeat to Norway, um, means their hopes of qualifying um for a first major tournament are out, out of their hands pretty much. Um one goal from Norway in that one 0 win at the Cardiff City Stadium um was enough. Jane Ludlow's team went into the clash in second place um in the group. But their defeat combined with Northern Ireland winning one 0 um against Belarus um means Wales's um Euro playoff hopes have taken um a bit of a blow to say the least Helen of course we'll come to you you were you you were playing in the game how much of a blow was it and how difficult was it as a team and as a group of players to come off that pitch after 90 minutes um knowing that it just wasn't quite enough
1: yeah it was really tough and we sort of had the same situation um last month or in September I should say where we've lost narrowly one nil to them again. Um, and we've come close to scoring. We've rattled them, especially in the, in the last 20 minutes of both games. Mm. Um, but I think the trouble we've had is that we're, we're relying on trying to get a result out of one of the best teams in the world when perhaps it was the the results earlier in the group that that are going to potentially cost us if, um, if we can't get ourselves in ahead of Northern Ireland, um, with the way it works in terms of it going to head to head rather than goal difference, which is frustrating because our goal difference is pretty good. You know, we've only conceded two goals against Norway in comparison to Northern Ireland's 12. Um, but that is the rules. And, and we knew that going into the the competition. So the, the the draws home and away to Northern Ireland could potentially be the the results that cost us. Um, but we've, you know, there's still one more game to go for us and, Northern Ireland, okay, it's in their hands, but they've still got to go and, and get results in their two remaining games as well. And and Belarus isn't an easy game as we found a way. Um they would, obviously they'll be buoyed by the fact they beat them last time out, but we have to we have to hope and and if we go into our final game, um, and Belarus have done us a favour a few days beforehand, then then we have to make the most of that. But it was difficult and we're proud of the performances we've put in against Norway um, in both games but like you said it just wasn't just wasn't enough on this occasion um, we're just hoping we get a second chance and a second bite at the cherry
0: because hmm. looking at Norway a lot of people um, obviously consider them as the best team in Europe for me personally I think they're up there with some of the best um, in the world the talent they have um, on the pitch um, I think it's it's fantastic I was listening to um, Jess Fishlock um, spoke to the BBC after the game and you could hear in her voice just how dejected she was how low she felt and I just thought oh my gosh it must be that dressing room must have been quite a tough place to be after the game
1: it was it was very flat you know there'd been a lot of emotion going into the game and and we knew we had enough about us to get the point that would have kept it in our own hands but it was it was a strange place to be in it felt a lot like um the time we lost to england on the final game for world cup qualification um but you know that time round it was you know plucky wales we've done well we've we've taken england all the way we got a draw in the game at southampton to to take it to the last game we hadn't conceded up until that point and it was it was very much the underdogs doing well um whereas this time i feel there's been more pressure on us, you know, both from our point of view internally, as well as from a, the people outside. And, and when the group was made, you know, no disrespect to any of the teams in our group, we fancied our chances having, you know, having done so well in, in what was a tough group last time around, we felt we could, we could go one better and, and do the job this time. So we feel that it's more a case of it's on us rather than just being unlucky. It, we, we kind of, have to take responsibility for for what has gone wrong or not quite gone right in this campaign so far. Um, so it was it was a difficult place to be. And, and if I'm honest, this this whole week has been a bit tough since since that game. You know, physically and mentally, it took a lot out of me personally, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of the girls feel the same. Um, but we do have to pick ourselves up. Um, hopefully, the international fish, fixtures go ahead as planned at the end of the month. Um, and you know, fingers crossed, we can. We can have a bit of a a saviour from Belarus and and go into our final game with everything to play for.
0: Hopefully luck will be on your side. I just wanted to quickly ask you actually um, about the fact that there are currently no fans in the stadium. And obviously I'm Welsh, support Wales. Having, I always thought this European campaign felt like a really exciting time for um, the Welsh women's national team. And I just thought those games against Norway That especially that game at the Cardiff City Stadium, that would have 100% sold out. You would have had a packed stadium. The atmosphere would have been amazing because it's you know you're on the um, well anytime you know Wales qualify for anything. Is there a part of you that feels like had you had a jam-packed Cardiff City Stadium with the red walls singing, you know the Barry Horns there doing their thing, would that have lifted you guys a little bit more?
1: Yeah, I think you can't imagine that it's ever going to have a, a, a negative impact on us having a, a crowd full of supporters and again we've seen that in the last campaign how much the crowd did for us when we beat Russia at home it was ama- amazing you know that, that second half where we've, we've scored the three goals and and put us in that position to go into the England game in a really good shape Um that, that was a lot of that was down to the crowd so if we'd have had them last Tuesday then it may be could have been that extra 1% that we needed. Um, Obviously, we'll we'll never know. But I think the biggest shame is is not so much the effect on the results, but just the effect on the growth that we've had in Wales. It was coming to such a a good point after that World Cup campaign. And and we we were really picking up momentum. Tickets were being sold left, right and centre for all our games at home. And, you know, we'd created this real good buzz around around the team and around women's football and girls' football as a whole. You know, so many young girls sending messages over social media saying, oh, I love watching you play, I play now. And, you know, it, that's the biggest thing for me is the fact that they've been denied the opportunity to keep keep coming and supporting us and enjoying watching the game. So I hope that once they are allowed back in stadiums, that that that, that atmosphere will, will come back just the same as it was, if not even better. Um, because I felt like we were at such a good point that I'd hate to think we've lost the momentum of that. It's obviously going to be difficult because the chances are that it's not going to be till at least the next campaign that we can see them again. Um, And hopefully we're still in a good place as a team at that point and and everybody still wants to get behind us. So it's been a real tough time for for everyone on and off the pitch. And um, yeah, I just hope that it it hasn't lost too much ground in in the meantime.
0: It's fair to say, whenever fans are allowed back in, you know, across football in general, men's game, women's game, um, across every level. Um, I can't stop thinking about how amazing, like the atmosphere in the stadiums are going to be. Even if you've got a rubbish nil-nil draw against, I don't know, Crystal Palace or someone like that, you, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I think everyone's going to be so um, just so happy to be back, um, and that'll yeah,
1: be funny. Funny you should say that. I, I heard a song. Something came on the TV, and it was. Um, it was a song that gets played before Watford games sometimes um, as they show like a highlights reel of recent games and I could just picture myself in my seat in my season ticket, you know, at Vicarage Road. And I just thought it feels like a lifetime ago and a lifetime away from being there again. But like you said, even if it's the most boring game in the world, I think fans are going to be so delighted to be back that hopefully it's, it's just going to be amazing for everyone. And, you know, fingers crossed it's not gonna be as, as long as, as as it feels like it is at the moment.
0: Well that feels like a really fitting place to end this week's episode. Mittel, Liv and Helen, thank you so so much for your company this week. We've squeezed a lot into that episode and of course we'll be back um next week with some more chat with some more analysis of the women's game of course please remember to stay across us on social media and please let us know what you want us to chat about and what you'd like us to feature um, we always love hearing from our listeners so guys thank you so so much for your company this week and we'll see you next week